Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 23rd of May 2022 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 392. Counting down to the 400, hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. I'll give you a timestamp, 1903. It's actually Sunday evening, the Patreon supporters, the few of them, they'll be getting this show Early and I've just got another busy Monday, so it just uh, it makes sense to record this this evening. The sun is streaming through this flat that I don't want to be in. It always does in the summer. We don't have long summers, but uh, this flat goes from freezing cold to just being too warm because the sun really does hit the front of the flat. And of course, the blinds being busted are not very uh, effective at keeping the uh, sun out. And uh, I tell you what, my situation right now can be summed up by the alarm clock in the bedroom that loses an hour each night, no matter how many times I reset it or feed it another Poundland Kodak battery. Let's be positive, though. Plus points. Got to stress. Big plus point this week. My aunt cancelled her underwear shopping trip to Primark in Tootin Broadway on Friday. Owing to the rain, I was spared that. Going to do my utmost to ensure that that is not rescheduled. If internet shopping was ever designed for anything, it was for helping someone not yet at the end of their life avoid taking an elderly relative underwear shopping. I was not looking forward to that. The rain bailed me out on Friday. Had we gone through that, I think with the rain, me not being great with the gloomy weather I think Friday morning would have been a, would have been a, a difficult one for me because my aunt is uh, you know my aunt's on a walking stick so it's not like I could just leave her in Primark and sit somewhere else or go and uh, have a look somewhere else in the store and give her the privacy I'd need to be there it would be like I was walking around with a handheld camera I'd be almost as close to her as what be almost as close to the underwear as she was you know there'd, there'd just be no getting away from it I'd have I know what I'm like I wouldn't have been able to forget the type of underwear that she'd gone for wouldn't have been able to forget the color of underwear she'd gone for I might have thought well as have her tastes in underwear changed over the years now that she's a veteran you know in her peak years would she have gone for that color would she have gone for that style of underwear was this style of underwear around when she came to uh, London in 1965 to learn the first of the 55 words she's learned in the subsequent 57 years she has spent in this city there was just too much I would have taken from that it would have just lodged in my brain I wouldn't have been able to function I've got so much going on this is not the time to be taking my aunt underwear shopping if I have to buy her underwear online well that doesn't work does it because that will also make me familiar with her underwear and you know 
whenever she has something replaced at home, say it's been a fridge, she's had a fridge replaced in the last year. I think she's had a toaster replaced. There might have been, no, I don't think the microwave has been replaced. The fridge was definitely replaced. The toaster was definitely replaced. Nothing is ever good enough for her. There's always an issue. I'm sure that when she had her fridge arrive 20 years ago, the, the fridge that she had to replace last year, I'm sure that uh, she probably didn't like that fridge. She, she's just very set in her ways. It's, it's the thing I think about old people that really frustrates me is that they make no compromises. You know, they struggle to the shops, my aunt and uncle, and I say to them, why don't you just agree to having the shopping done for you? You know, online shopping, you get it straight to your door. Oh, no, because we know what we want. Why is it so difficult for you? Why do so many other people who who are fit enough to go to the shops, why are they okay with internet shopping? Why is it so difficult for you guys to have your shopping done online? And then when you do go out, because at the moment I think they're now reduced to just going out when they need to go out, you can go out for pleasure. Although my aunt would say, well, your uncle doesn't really go out for pleasure. He's not a man who likes going for a coffee. They had this discussion a few weeks ago and my uncle confirmed that it's something he doesn't like doing, which is unusual for a Spaniard or for a Mediterranean, basically, particularly as, you know, those places would have been, uh, you know, everyone would have been gathering round back in the day to give you an Americanism. Uh, I'll timestamp that, Americanism, 1907 hours, you know, smoking, having coffee. He's just, uh, he's not a massive coffee drinker, but he's just not, you know, he's a very quiet guy. He doesn't like, uh, just doesn't like doing much. But, you know, I've always been a quiet guy, but I love going to a cafe as long as it's not a chain cafe. Anyway, so got out of the uh, underwear shopping, hard swallow, 1908 hours. You might still hear the breathing. I'm sure that that is the the legacy of COVID 2.0. Saw a friend yesterday who'd also had uh, COVID two or three weeks ago, and uh, they were were struggling with their breathing as well. It is the thing about uh, COVID. Uh, We've... We've taken the teeth out of the virus as they say you know we've had our vaccines it's not got the potency at the moment that it had a couple of years ago or even last year when I first had it but uh, it does take a while to recover you've got to really respect the virus and make sure that you rest afterwards because I, I can feel it I can feel it when I'm running and I can feel it when I'm coming up the stairs I can feel it when I'm doing this show with my uh with my breathing. So a bit of a, I'm not sure if it's going to be a strange show today. Strange in the sense that it might be shorter than recent shows have been. I'm just trying to battle through things at the moment, having a, you know, as usual, having a tough time, but tough, tough in the sense that the house, everything just seems to be catching up with this building, the lack of investment, the disrepair, things are just breaking at the, uh, at the same time and I'll, I'll go through the things that I've been dealing with in the, in the, in the last week later in the show. For now I suppose it's helping me to do the show. Liverpool have predictably lost out in the title race to Manchester City this evening though for long spells even though they fell by goal to nil early on against Wolves. I thought it was going to be 1976 all over again when Liverpool won 4-1 at Molyneux to kickstart arguably their greatest era which was under Bob Paisley and that was the first of I think uh, eight or nine titles in a 14 year period and I thought okay it might be one of those situations because City were two goals down but Wolves had uh, gone a goal up Liverpool were chasing the game eventually I mean you'll know this they and this is not a football show uh, should I do a football show no don't do a football show Liverpool won 3-1 of course but City there is only one team 
who can do what City have done in the Premier League's history and just come back from any sort of deficit. And that's Ferguson's best United sides, as I tweeted this evening. I just was not convinced, even when Villa raced into a 2-0 lead. This City team, they're just too strong for everybody. Can you say they're the best in the world? I don't know, because, you know, the the Champions League is a different competition. It's maybe a more difficult competition to when you don't get too many teams winning it for the first time in their history now. I think the last, well, one of the few I can think of is Chelsea in 2012. Maybe they've been teams uh, since then. I mean, PSG is still trying to win it, aren't they? But domestically, you look out, you know, you look at how brilliant this Liverpool side is, and they just still, they're still reduced to one title in this five year battle now between Klopp and Guardiola from 2017 onwards, once Klopp started building a, a top Liverpool side. It's still, you know, Man City four, Liverpool one in terms of titles, and it's it, it's gutting. I'd have uh, gutting in the sense of if I was well, I would have been gutted twenty thirty years ago, I suppose, as a as a middle aged man now, late middle aged man or middle middle aged man. Hopefully, just a middle middle aged man, although one late in his life if the family history is anything to go by. Hopefully. I'm over it or will be over it by tomorrow. What can you do? I mean, I'm not, you know, these guys are multimillionaires. It will hurt them. I've no doubt they are professionals. They're bred to win. They're desperate to win. They want to win more than the average person. But, uh, you know, they're not going to have the uh, worries that the normal person has. I've got to get on with my life tomorrow, uh, which will involve buying more mousetraps. Uh, Why will? No, I'm covered for why will at the moment. But yeah, just a bit frustrating. In the end, I'm glad City won. It would have been gutting had Liverpool won. And no, what, what, what am I saying? If Liverpool had won and City had lost, obviously Liverpool would have won the league. I'm just, uh, I'm glad in the end that it wasn't a case of Liverpool messing up their result, not doing what they needed to do, and City failing and Liverpool just missing a huge opportunity to win the title. I think the title was probably lost. Uh, the games against West Ham and Leicester and, you know, City clawed back the goal difference. I switched the TV off and thought I'd just record a show. Don't want to see the trophy uh, presentation. But, you know, you've got to admire the the great teams. Guardiola has built a great Manchester City side. They've gone further than Chelsea now domestically. Six titles. That comes with the greatest st- uh, stability. They don't sack many managers they don't go through them as frequently as Chelsea Guardiola by the way the best Spanish footballer in my lifetime I think his qualities as a footballer are overlooked but for me the best of my lifetime better than just better than Iniesta just just by a bit Uh, you know Xavi yeah Xavi was a brilliant footballer but uh, I take Guardiola over him any day so that's that's the football that's the quadruple gone I just wanted Liverpool to pull level with United on 20 titles I just wanted that but I don't think United are going to be winning anything in a in a hurry with their new manager it's going to take him a while to sort them out on the mouse front what can I tell you about the mouse front so many sightings the last week it's I just dread coming into the front of the flat you know, I've still got the pillows down on the, um, pressed up against the bedroom door, trying to keep that sacrosanct. And I come in, and the amount of times I've seen a mouse racing through the kitchen, um, you know, the flat's never been cleaner. There's no food, and yet they're still coming in. I'll swallow 1913. They're not touching the bait either. I've seen the mice more than my friends in recent weeks. I mean, this is now six, seven weeks of, uh, 
dealing with this. It's just getting really grim. They're not touching the bait here. And, you know, I think they're coming in through various entry points. I, I filled in some of the gaps in the communal area. I'm on the case with the housing management who are obviously trying to extricate themselves from any responsibility uh, that might fall down on them when it comes to filling in the massive cavities inside this flat and one or two other flats. I mean, there's no chance of stopping these mice with the massive gaps in the flat. They're coming in from somewhere. They're not breeding in here. But the cavities just mean no matter what I do, they're always going to be coming through here. I'm bleaching the floors regularly, which means that my socks are getting bleached. My trousers are getting bleached. Uh, you know, whenever I forget to put on these uh, slippers, my socks get bleached. So I'm losing, including the the, the Puma socks that my uh, sibling brought me, uh, bought me even for Christmas, although they were light rather than dark. I don't like wearing uh, light socks, not in public. I wore some... Um, uh, they're not jeans, but they were black. They weren't trousers either. Black chinos, I think, to a gig on Friday, which I'll come to later. And the trousers, I don't think the trousers are a little too short. The socks were a bit short and the elastic on the left sock was a bit weaker. I'm not even sure the socks were matching, but suddenly for the first time in a long time, I felt a bit of a draft around my ankles on the long bus journey to Finsbury Park on Friday. And suddenly I thought, OK, this is going to be a problem because I, I can feel these uh, socks slip, and there you go, sound of South London, or was that an ambulance? That was just as they go around the blind spot, as usual, wreck the show. So the mice are not touching the bait, and uh, Pest Control came on Friday. They filed another report. One of my neighbours, the guy's also, you know, he's got the um, webcams. He's actually in Greece at the moment. He's got webcams set up, so he's spending his holiday in Greece He's spending a lot of that time actually looking at the footage of what's going on in his flat and, and seeing where the mice are coming from. I'm not, I'm not sure that's going to be a relaxing holiday. And so when he has one sight in, I know that it's inevitable I'm going to get the same mouse coming in at the moment. He's laid down his own poison. Pest control have not, you know, have recommended that I don't do that because if this, you know, if these mice go off and die somewhere, if they die within a wall or whatever, you can have a real problem with a smell within days or, or weeks. But... The neighbour said that, as far as he's aware, prior to going to Greece, the bait is not being touched. So the bait is not being touched also in this flat. So what is happening with the mice? That's the thing. You know, and I'll tell you why I'm asking that, because I came back, it might have been Wednesday or Thursday. Basically, every time I have a good gig, there is the drop-off. In the sorry, I'm just distracted. There got a message by uh, from a promoter. I uh, got a couple of gigs this week. That was the Tuesday gig. I'll mention those uh, later. I came. I came back from a really good gig. At one point, there was another sighting. It just you know, it's, it's, it's just they just race through the front room. It's impacting on. Star Wars football because I play with my back to the door, so I don't know what's going on behind me, and I'm not going to hear a mouse. They're ignoring the traps. They're ignoring the humane traps. Uh, they're ignoring the brutal traps. They're ignoring the bait. The neighbour says the same thing. He doesn't like uh, traps, so he just sticks bait down. And he also said, look, if he, he doesn't quite buy the pest control approach. And he, he outlined his reasons, which were fair enough. He's been here a lot longer than me, and they've had these problems before. But he also said that the problem with bait is if bait is put down in each flat and it's not touched, as it hasn't been in my flat or his flat, 
then where are we going with this? The mice are not being eradicated. I think this is going to be a prolonged problem. There are now two empty flats, as I said on episode 391, two empty flats in this building. They could be going in through there. I've pointed out to Best Control a massive gap outside the flats directly below me uh, in the communal hallway, the the massive gap there. He he did accept that that is a, a problem. And, of course, that's another empty flat now. I haven't stuffed that with wool. That's not, you know, I just did what I could on this particular floor. But uh, the problem is going to be that the housing management team are not, they're trying to pass this on to the landlord, the cavities. It's going to be a major job. The neighbour is also considering doing the same. He's got the same cavities. But as he said, it's going to involve ripping out kitchen cupboards. That's going to lead to a big financial outlay. It's just horrible living like this. And again, I think I may have said this last week. Forgive me for repeating myself. At no other point in my life would I have been able to live like this. You know, I, you know, as 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 I keep saying, that Frank Costanza line, I cannot tolerate infestation. I'm not an animal guy, so to start off at this level, to start off with mice, that's not, uh, you know, uh, gateway. In terms of a gateway animal, that's not the animal you want to be starting me on. And I'm having a real problem with this. But I'm also learning that I'm kind of able to function with this and that the day I do move, I hope is not far away, the day I do move, and inevitably it's London and, you know, if it's an old building, I'd rather not live in another old building, partly because it increases the risk of living somewhere that's haunted, but also because of rodents. Rodents are always a problem. The amount of times I've moved into an old building and, you know, one or two days later as I'm cleaning the flat, you know, opened a cupboard and found mousetraps there and it's left me crushed. I think this experience has toughened me up because I've got no options. You know, I can't repeat 2003 and, and, and flee the home because of, you know, mice. I'm having to deal with it. The flat has never been cleaner. I'm bleaching floors every night. I'm pulling out fridges, freezers. Also had a problem with the oven, basically. The oven was coming on uh, on Wednesday. It did come. I was chatting to two of the guys who delivered it. Uh, only there wasn't a delivery as such. Uh, they were from Bermondsey. And uh, then the, one of the guys who had this uh, heavily tattooed uh, guy balding, well, I think he'd balded by now, uh, 35 years old and some very strange tattoos on his skull. But, you know, it was it was good to chat to him. We chatted for a while, and he did me a good turn trying to get the um, uh, the new oven sorted because he called me downstairs. I went down to where the van was, and basically the new oven had broken or it had been either damaged in the warehouse or damaged on the journey. So it's not getting delivered until Wednesday, which meant I've lost a lot of food. So I'm back on the microwave food, which isn't a, you know, it's not a big deal in the sense that uh, the old oven was broken anyway, so I wasn't really using that much. But I'd just gone in in expectation of receiving the new oven. I'd done my shopping in Little uh, with the new oven in mind and now I had to go back to uh, the microwave. Pulling the oven out, having it disconnected from the gas, though, the old oven, that's given me an opportunity. It was the one spot of the kitchen I've not really been able to clean, so I gave that a good clean, and, you know, I'm pleased to see there's no holes behind it. Uh, I did say to the guy, because, you know, he, he looked at the scaffolding that's up on the building, I was telling him everything uh, that had gone wrong in this building or all the flat. As you do when you don't really have too many people to talk to, you spill out your problems either to strangers or on a poorly heard podcast. And I said to him as he was leaving, you know what I said, I think I'm going to have to join you on the tattoo front. I think I'm going to get some mice on the arm. You know, I'm just going to basically mark everything that's gone wrong in this flat. I'll have the scaffolding. I'll have the damaged oven as well. The water tank is playing up again. I'll I'll come to that uh, in a moment or two. Yeah, I could cover my arms 
in tattoos commemorating everything that is going wrong in this particular flat right now. You know, the the um, the draft excluders on the windows falling down, everything, absolutely everything. The slow filling WC tank. It is a ridiculous uh, place. On Thursday, was it Thursday? No, it wasn't Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday I was out all day. Uh, Thursday was a long day. I think it was Wednesday. I came back. I can't even remember where I was. It's that kind of week. I might have gone shopping. Was it sh- I'm trying to think? Just looking at the diary here, the physical diary. What day was Wednesday? I'll swallow. I lost a gig on Wednesday, actually, a Soho gig, which was uh, really frustrating. So I had to cancel that. And I, I think this was Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, I came into the kitchen for, uh, dumping a, a load of shopping. And as I walked towards the kitchen sink, I saw that one of the traps had tripped, but there was nothing in there. And the trap had, was on its side and there was nothing by the bait. And then I just saw this mouse there and it was in between the live trap and the bait and it looked dead because it wasn't moving. And I thought normally a mouse, if it sees you, it would dart off and I'm not going to be able to catch it. So I was thinking, okay, how am I going to move this thing? I was getting, you know, when I see these things, just like the other day, uh, yesterday, when I saw the mouse running and disappearing under the sink, uh, I, I came out in the morning, I'd been resting and I came out and I saw the mouse and it was too fast, wasn't going to catch it, disappeared under the sink. So I've now added more wire wool under the kitchen sink, stuffed it down the gaps of this plasterboard. Obviously, I can't do much because of the exposed cavities. I put another trap in there under the sink and I just chucked bleach down uh, behind the cavity. I couldn't do any more than that because I can't reach inside the cavity. But uh, clearly that is the weakest point in the flat alongside uh, under the bath. But again, I did that thing. So... <laughs> I don't know if I was startled. I was just really disappointed, but I do kind of freeze. I freeze not because I'm scared. I think more now because I'm really disappointed and I'm trying to process how I act on this. When I came on Wednesday and found that mouse, I thought it was dead, but I just wanted it out of there quickly. And I thought, I saw the tail. I thought, well, I'll get a glove and I'll just pick it up by the tail and throw it out the window. Even though I've been told they can survive falls, this is not a problem. This mouse is dead, but I just wanted out. It was still daylight out. I thought I'm going to have to wait until there's no people at the bus stop. But, you know, I don't know. In that sense, I was kind of panicking slightly. Just wanted out of the kitchen. But of course, you're throwing it out. It's going to be in front of the building. It could easily make its way back in. I thought it was dead. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to do something. What am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this? Then I realized that it was still alive. Okay. And I thought, I'll swallow 1925 just to break up the story there. I thought I'm going to have to get something here. You know, my aunt's been telling me uh, stories of just how her and my uncle used to kill mice at Mayflower. Of course, they lived at 48 Mayflower before we did. I think I've told you that before. So this was in the 70s, late 60s to early, uh, sorry, to mid 70s. They were there and that was always infested with mice and they would just be using mops and everything. Uh, I realized, I can't remember now how I realized the mouse was alive, but I did get myself a hammer because I realized this thing for some reason, how it's, it's obviously hit the trap, but it hasn't been caught And yet it's just stayed there. The trap is on its side. What kind of traps am I buying here? 
and it was really sluggish um, because my eyesight, the eyes again, Dave, because my eyesight's not that great now. I got the hammer. I wielded the hammer. I missed it. The mouse tried squeezing through a load of cleaning equipment, which I was kept. Uh, I was keeping on the floor. I'm not keeping it on the floor now. I can tell you that for nothing. And it was trying to get under the washing machine. I thought, this is desperate. I've got to stop it getting through this. And I hit it with, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to be graphic. You know, this is vermin, okay? And this is my flat. This is where I'm living and I can't handle this, you know. I've got humane traps. They're not going for anything. I've got to get rid of it. I might have missed it again. I think I missed it a second time, but I managed to steer it away from squeezing through under the washing machine because I wouldn't have been able to get it. It ran then to the other side of the kitchen, uh, just to the, towards the left, still by the kitchen sink, was trying to scramble up to the kitchen. This time, uh, I think I wielded the hammer again. This time I smashed a cupboard, smashed a hole in the cupboard. So I've created yet another hole, which I had to stuff with wire wool. There's enough holes in the kitchen. It didn't need another hole. That's something to think about. Then I finally got the mouse and it was graphic. It was horrible. Uh, you know, I'm not happy about it. Uh, and then I was trying to work out how do I clean this up? Got some cardboard and, you know, then washed the floor to within an inch of its life with bleach and everything. And by the evening when I was standing over the spot where I'd killed this mouse and seen its entrails and everything, I was thinking a sock between my foot, my bare foot, and the floor where the mouse died, the spot where it died, where I killed it, is not enough. So I've just been wearing the slippers since. And it's just grim. I'll always remember that moment. I'll always remember, just as I remember now the visual of yesterday, just seeing that these mice are just coming through and wandering around the kitchen for fun. But this this was particularly grim, you know. I, I kinda, I've now got a mallet as well because I think it's bigger and it might be a lot easier. It might not do as... It'll kill the mouse, but might not be as grim in terms of execution as the hammer, and it'll give me a greater chance of stunning the mouse. I'm just feeling like a cross between Thor and the Yorkshire Ripper right now. I'm not happy with it, but these are desperate measures. This is the first time I've killed a creature since the lizard back in 2000 in the Seychelles. The lizard that, I mean, the holiday was bad enough. I don't know what I did going out there. That was uh, in pursuit of an old college girlfriend who uh, had invited me out there and we later uh, got engaged uh, briefly. Uh, she liked money too much, I, I think. And, uh, you know, one of my great victories in life, I think, was when we went to the jewellers to get her engagement ring. And I, I just said to the jeweller as we were leaving, because I, I knew it was, it was coming to uh, an end and I ne just needed to leave her. I said, uh, she'll be back for the ring, but it's going to be with a different bloke. I just knew that uh, we couldn't be uh, together. She was just uh, high maintenance. And I was so taken with her from the moment I'd met her at college in the mid-90s that, uh, you know, she was a weak point for me. I think when you're into someone that much, it's not healthy. And it took courage to walk away, but um, I, I did it. Uh, I did it for a couple of years. Actually, no, yeah, 2000. This was finally resolved around 2002, 2003. So it was something that rumbled on for about nine years on and off. It was a long-distance relationship. We'd met at college in London, but then she went uh, back to the other side of the world and uh, yeah I think the only reason I went out there I wouldn't have done it if my mum had still been around because I would have had to tell my mum 
why I, I was going over there. And I was always very secretive when it came to stuff like that. I, I just I didn't have a very open relationship with, with my parents when it came to things like that. I just think emotionally I, I was very underdeveloped. How did we get to that when I'm telling you about mice? I think we got to that because, yes, 2000, the Seychelles lizard came through and was in the room I was staying in for about two weeks and God knows what they made of it next door because eventually I, I went for it with a shoe, made a loud racket, missed it. I think in the end I, I cost it a limb, but of course they can grow, regrow limbs. But that was really uh, unpleasant. I just could not sleep. And it was so hot out there. One night I remember waking up, I was flat out on my back. I'd had a massive breakdown out there because it was only six, seven months on from losing my mum. I was in this strange place. I was, you know, very, very homesick and uh, grieving and I was just too far from everything so I was in that room I was crying every day it was just a, it was a proper proper breakdown so a lizard was the last thing I needed in the room one night I was flat on the bed and I, I woke up and I looked up and the lizard was just right above my head that's the problem with those countries any countries that are sort of borderline tropics too many animals only built up areas no animals ideally no animals so that's uh, that's the mouse situation, and uh, you know I can see I'm I'm looking out into the kitchen doorway right now, which is open. I can you know I'm looking under the freezer, looking under all the gaps on the various doors, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm just not very comfortable here. I'm just ready for anything. It just means I can't relax. I've been going around maybe because of all the bus journeys as well. Ridiculous amount of bus journeys, but also the stress. My neck has just felt rock solid. You know, I've been taking pills to try and quash the pain. I think I'm going to get some of that deep heat uh, roll-on, odor-free roll-on that that I've uh, had in the past. I started, uh, I stopped using it. I went for the cold gel uh, about a year ago because I just didn't like the initial moment where you when you apply the uh, deep heat roll on it really does burn but uh, the the cold gel isn't as effective so I think I'm going to have to go back for the uh, the deep heat roll on I just wish I could speak mouse and just say to them next time I see them I just I just wish we could get into uh, a brief conference a bit like De Niro and uh, Pacino in heat where you accidentally run into each other and you kind of agree to maybe meet for a coffee you know sit down and have a talk because you know that uh, that final showdown is coming up. And I just say to the mouse, if I could speak, mouse, there's no food here. What are you doing here? There's no food here. How many times have you been in here now? What food have you found? You're not great. There's barely anything for me. There's not even an oven. Bread's gone up. The bread has gone up in the last week. You know, I've changed my apples. Golden Delicious, too expensive now. There's nothing for you here. You know, I may have to join you and your pals foraging for food in the other flats, but please leave this flat alone. There's just so many things going wrong in here. The WC tank is slow filling at the moment. It's improved for some reason today. I was tampering around with it. I didn't know how to stop the water. I think there were two uh, stopcocks, one under the sink, one under the kitchen, the big uh, inside the big kitchen cupboard, which I need to find because I've stuffed it full of, uh, well, there's one trap in there and I've also loads of uh, plastic bags, which is just, uh, it's a family trait, really. It comes from having a, a lack of space as kids and always leaving stuff in plastic bags and just traveling around like bag men, bag ladies. My sister still does that. 
So I may still need to tackle that. I was watching YouTube videos. Also, the water continues to burn my eyes, the, the sting my eyes, the, the cold water in the in the kitchen and, and the um, bathroom. So the plumber said it may need draining, the water tank may need draining. I don't want to pass, uh, pass on more cost to the ex. You know, I'm, I'm mindful of that. She's not made of money, but whatever happened between us, I don't want to keep going back to her and, and you know, stressing her out with this but uh, you know the fact is the flat has had no maintenance which is why it's not a surprise that everything is falling apart at the same time i've monitored the water tank today sorry the uh, yeah the wc tank today the uh, hard swallow 1934 the filler valve i probably need to re- you know have a look at maybe clean if there's any debris in there but i can't find the specific model on youtube but it does look doable if i can work out how to shut the water off I'll have to see this. I'm, I just I don't want to be doing this DIY business. I suppose it's good to learn a few new skills, but I'd rather just not have to do more than one thing at a time. I'd rather deal with the mice. I don't know how the mice are going to be eradicated. I really don't. The, the, you know, the bait's not working. The traps aren't working. The cavities need to be sealed up. And even then, if I'm the only flat or one of only two flats doing something, we're going to have a problem. And there's two empty flats as well. And pest control said, really, ultimately, you you know, the, the entry points at the ground floor, which is where they come in from, they need to be sorted out. You know, they might have to at some point start uh, digging hatches into the walls to explore what's going on there. I just don't want them in the walls. You know, it's an old Victorian building, but like, a, you know, most of these buildings, they're carved up into flats. So you get new walls put in, which are hollow. I don't want to be hearing mice running around in hollow walls. I'm not, I'm not hearing that at the minute. But every now and then I hear some sort of click from somewhere and I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm rotating the traps. Pest control said that's a good idea. They rotated one or two when they were here. It's getting really hot here, actually. Now, I'm in shorts, but I've got a couple of tops on. I uh, should have closed that uh, blind, but I just want to crack on with this and finish it and get it out early to patron supporters and regular supporters. You'll get this on the morning of Monday the 23rd. So, yeah, loads of stuff. There is loads of stuff going on at the minute. It's just a very, very difficult. There's no focus. I need to step up the writing. And uh, I'm just worried about, yeah, I'm I'm just worried. You know, I'm just worried. I'm not sleeping properly. And I know that this is just down to being somewhere I, I don't want to be. And it's just affecting everything. And in a way, the gigs have been a, a, a godsend. Uh, let me bring you uh, up to speed with last week's gigs. Bit of an eventful uh, week hard swallow what was the date last week 16th of may i did a whole lot of comedy in peckham on tuesday night uh, that got off late first time i'd been to peckham in a long time reminds me it's just a, a rye lane it's still i mean it has got a bit gentrified around there but it's still relatively old school it does remind me of you know, old South London, it was quite lively, got a sense of a real community there. The venue itself was, uh, you know, was nice. They, they, there was a stage, the lights were nice. The MC, Brandon Palmer, really nice to meet him. Uh, American guy born in Baltimore, his uh, British mummy told me he's been in London now for over 20 years. Really nice guy, clearly uh, an MC and stand-up comedian who's going places, very supportive of new acts. Uh, saw Graham uh, and Elaine Blackmore again, who run a whole lot of comedy nights, and uh, they're being uh, massively supportive of me. It's a massive learning curve for me, this, but I'm, I'm enjoying the positive sides of it. I'm, I, I'm relishing the challenge. If I could 
balance things out better by still, you know, sticking with my writing, my regular writing, in addition to the stand-up. That that's something I've really got to uh, to work on. I'm a bit concerned about uh, the stand-up, the way it's impacted on my regular writing. But you know, the decision to step off the bringer circuit, you know, the plus one and having to ask for plus ones and losing so many gigs because I'm still stuck on uh, gig 49, the 50th. Uh, had to cancel two gigs last week, so I'm still stuck on that. And you know, I would have been closer to probably. 75 were it not for uh, losing bringers and having to uh, or not being able to get bringers and having to um what was i saying having to cancel those uh, gigs i've lost my thread there i couldn't do soho comedy on the uh, the 18th they offered me another night at earl's court but uh, that night actually without a bringer but i wanted to do a different venue i want to try the different venues and work out what's uh, uh, what's going on, how that works, and you know, see how challenging that might be. So that was a a real missed opportunity. You know, I was posting tweets for days and social, you know, posts on social media for for days, and just got no response at all from anyone. No interest. I appreciate those of you who did share those uh, those posts, though. That 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 is noted and appreciated. Whole lot of comedy. I went on in the first half. I think I was. Yeah, I was second, and uh, yeah, I, I, I did well. I know where I need to improve, and uh, you know, spoke to Graham afterwards. We met up later in the in the week. Um, I'll come to that in, in a moment, and saw some good acts there. Um, decent audience. I think you know, it just comes back to the fact at the moment that people don't have money, so it, it's going to be hit and miss some of these nights, but. Uh, it was good to have an audience, let me just say that, and good to do a gig that was fairly local to me. On the Thursday night, I was a plus one for another comic that I've met on the circuit. And, you know, I don't want to do the whole kind of being friends with comics thing. You you, you know me, I'm not a clubbable guy. I don't like living in a, a bubble. But if you meet nice people, I'm not going to not get to know them just because they're comedians or, or writers. I'm just saying that I don't go out looking for it. So this guy had plus one me at uh, the Brilliant Night at Borough a couple of weeks previously. So I plus one him uh, in this. Uh, this was a South London gig. I won't mention the name of the gig because or, or the comedian because of what I'm about to say. It says nothing against the comedian because he, he did a good set. I messed up his video. He asked me to record it on my phone and I just had too much uh, crap on the phone. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting it. it if I was going to record it, I thought it would have been on his phone. So I missed the first couple of minutes, but he did a good set. But the comics who were on in the first half, they weren't getting lit up by the MC to signify their time was coming up, uh, coming to a close. You know, they were all doing longer sets. The comedians after the interval, they were all getting lit up, which I thought was a bit unfair. And I had said to this guy, because I'd had this gig, I'd done this gig a couple of months previously, and I've tried to do it again, but they, I, I don't think they like me. They don't ask me on. The only time I've, I've, I've got on there has been when they've had an emergency on the day and I've had to get a bringer on the day and turn up at night. That's the only time I've got on. I, I, I don't think they're that keen on me. And I, I said to this comedian, make sure that you, when you see them posting their promo pictures, there's every chance they're not going to put one of you out even though they'll have taken one because you're not part of their clique but they will have one ask them for it it's important at our level that we get all the promo help we can get the same had happened to me they took pictures but they didn't put them up but they promoted other pictures and acts 
And sure enough, this guy came back to me last night saying, looks like your theory was correct. He showed me a screenshot of all the uh, pictures they posted, but not one of him. So I just said to him, look, you know, get that picture. Ask them for that picture. Interestingly, on Friday, when I was coming back from a gig that wasn't to be, uh, and again, that will be covered before this show is out, I had a memorial drink for Steve Walsh, uh, late Steve Walsh, one half of the brilliant South London hardcore. For some reason, I'd got it into my head. It was the Trinity because I'd, I'd had a message from Jack a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure he told me now that it was the Roebuck. I got confused because, you know, I'd done gigs back to back at the Trinity and the Roebuck. I don't know why I thought of the Trinity rather than the Roebuck. But I turned up at the Trinity on Friday night uh, for Steve's memorial drink and the pub was dead. I think the uh, the comedy gig would have still been going on on the Friday night. The Roebuck is actually a nicer venue. And I turned up there and it was dead. But over to my right, I saw a bunch of uh, people that I recognised. And it was this bunch of cliquey comedians who run the gig from the night before well they don't all run it one of them runs it but they always get their pals on including comics who just aren't very good i've seen a couple of these bomb at the same event and they came back on thursday night they did the same gig and they were you know they still weren't very good and i think well how am i not getting on here i I can't think of another reason it's not me being paranoid or trying to see issues where there may be no issues i do think that's the industry you know a lot of it is down to who you know and and people want to be around who they're comfortable with and maybe me as an older comic and also you know quite a vocal one who stands his ground if he isn't happy with things they don't want me on there but you know two of the best comics there was another guy fitzgerald honger who's absolute class this this kid he's still a young man he took his mum to this gig on uh, thursday i've seen him twice now he's very good He's running his own night. I'm not surprised he's running in his his own night. You know, he's he's not maybe getting the opportunities he needs to get. And uh, it's frustrating. And I think one of the group on Friday, they recognized me when they when they saw me. But I just saw them all. And I thought, okay, that's how you get your spots. My uh, suspicions have been confirmed. Because if, it's in, if we're talking in terms of uh, quality of material, there's none of you there that are better than me. Uh, some of you may be as good as me, but you're not better than me. So why can't I get a gig there? Why can't I get a spot there? Why can't, you know, why am I not even hearing about spots at this particular place? So that was uh, that was interesting. Anyway, I hope this uh, comedian does get his uh, promo picture because uh, because he should, because it's poor form that he doesn't. And as I said, this other guy, if it's Gerald Honger, his picture wasn't, uh, wasn't put up either. So... The yeah, the gig at whole lot of comedy that was a nice venue. I can imagine if if the audience numbers in that place uh, build up or are busier uh, going towards Christmas, that's going to be a real good uh, good gig uh, to go to. I, I enjoyed that. I made some mistakes, which I was uh, one I was aware of. Uh, you might have heard sounds there as I try to work out what I'm going to talk about next. As I, as I've been saying in recent weeks, and, and it, it started because of a lack of time, but I've changed the way at the moment that I record these shows. Um minimal notes i just want to try and get back to the experience of live radio where i don't quite know what's going to happen i don't quite know what's going to come out of my mouth but it makes it a bit more enjoyable for me and then minimal editing just get get you this imperfect show out to you and it's just gonna it's just gonna be me talking you know just talking off the top of my head see if i can uh, do it. it it makes it more enjoyable for me it may not make it more enjoyable for you i noticed on 
Tuesday was a 10 minute set, about three minutes into my set. And it was a big one for me because uh, I wasn't expecting uh, this guy, Graham, to, to be there. It's his night. There's no reason he shouldn't, but they've got quite a few nights. So I, I didn't take it for granted he was going to be there. And when he was there, I thought, oh, I've got to step up. Well, I mean, I was ready to step up for myself anyway, because I want to do well. But, you know, when you meet good people and people who clearly know what they're talking about, you want to be able to impress them and show them that you are making progress. About three minutes in, I realized I was doing that thing again where I was at the back of the stage, which, as this uh, comedian told me uh, the week before, it's perceived as being defensive. I'd never thought of that. I'm not saying that they were wrong, but that is the general consensus. But also it turned out that I wasn't standing in the light. And uh, I think sometimes, genuinely, I'm aware that I'm not doing that, but it's because the light is right in my eyes. But I wasn't standing in the light. I'd gone to the right of the stage again, and I need to get a bit more comfortable with my microphone handling. And not so much the microphone, but the mic stand. And so, I mean, I was pleased with a 10-minute set, but, you know, you can always do better work with it. I struggled to get to Surbiton on Thursday. It's uh, Surbiton and Hornsey have been the two hardest gigs to get to in London, and I don't go back to either of those places unless I ever need to. Hornsey, I, I, I don't know what they would have to offer me to go back to Hornsey because, again, last week I was taking buses just to get me back to somewhere that I might know because it's so... It's just... So, I just have no sense of direction so when I'm going somewhere that I don't actually know I'm, I'm really struggling you know my knowledge of London it has again been built up I've rebuilt it for the first time in 10 years because I used to have a really good knowledge of London I always used to go everywhere and then 10 12 years ago when things went wrong I just consigned myself to South London and to try and pick up that knowledge now of all those places and of course often they've all changed beyond all recognition and I'm, I'm kind of re-familiarizing myself with them sometimes it's been enjoyable it's been enjoyable making some of those uh, bus journeys but I had to take you know I'm trying to save money so I had to do the bringer gig on Thursday I had to go and support this uh, comedian so I couldn't do I couldn't get to Surbiton by train which is the only way to really go to Surbiton instead I think I got about four or five buses there overcomplicated the journey, was meant to be there by 1300 hours, didn't, really poor on my part, should have left at uh, 10.30 hours rather than uh, I think quarter two. Uh, I'd been to the dentist that morning as well and I'd had to go B and Q again, the mice uh, are leaving me running late, I had to get uh, some wire wool. So that was a um, that was disappointing because, you know, I want to show to people I'm trustworthy. And then on the way back, I, I, I got lost. I, I, I got lost twice. I was given directions back to Serpenton Station, got them completely wrong and ended up. I don't even know where I ended up, but I crossed the road. I thought, whatever bus I get, whatever bus I see that takes me to somewhere I know, I'm just going to get it. Finally got a bus to Kingston. From Kingston, I took, uh, I think, a 57 that was heading towards Clapham Park, but that would have been a really long journey. So I got off at Tootin Broadway and they just got the 155. Couldn't get to the cafe that day. Really wanted to, and I'd taken the laptop with me. So I travelled, you know, with a really heavy rucksack for no reason at all. And... uh, I was in Surbiton, this workshop, for maybe about an hour and a half. It was worth it in terms of the knowledge that I I picked up from that. But I didn't get home until, I think, 17.45. So it was a quick meal and then having to rush off. A shower then rushed off uh, to, to meet this comedian to plus one him. 
the you know I've always been cack handed so in terms of stagecraft uh, the mic mic handling and the mic stand they're always going to be a problem for me this is why I kind of knew I'd never be able to drive I'm just too clumsy you know as a kid at school uh, my first school I was known as Mr. Bump you know Mr. Men were very big then because I was quite accident prone in more recent years, the lack of common sense has been used as a stick to beat me with by, you know, ex-girlfriends. My dad always used to say it, and he used to always tell my aunt they were, that the Spanish word for clumsy is dolpe. used to drive him mad. So there is something in that. I am cack-handed. You know, uh, Woolworths as a Saturday boy, I found everything there really difficult. I'm just, I think, very awkward in my movements. And, you know, I was working in the gardening department, taking up plants onto the roof and watering them down, you know, dropping things. I'm just not very good with stuff like that. When I first decided I was going back into stand-up last year, I somehow I forgot about it, but I really thought I ought to get myself a mic stand and a mic with a long cable. It doesn't, the mic doesn't need to work. But just to practice taking the mic off the mic stand and moving the mic stand out out of the way. And really, I should have done that. And I've not done that. And I don't really get enough practice when I do gigs because it's just picking up the mic, moving the stand, and then you do your show and that's it. Time to come off. You put the mic back in the stand. So I think I will need to buy one. If I get another patron this week, maybe I'll do it because it's uh, I found stuff on eBay and Graham has sent me links as well. I'm looking at close to sort of 30 quid. And again, it can't be a priority. It'd be something that would be a good investment because then I think I need the repetition. So it's something I need to do, you know, 20, 30, 40 times a day before even rehearsing my set. Just just do that. Practice it so it's burned into my muscle memory. And Graham was saying, okay, you pick up the mic left-handed. As you're moving into the stage, as you're introduced, go towards the front of the stage and you've got to stay at the front. You know, face the audience, look left in the middle, right, as you're saying, your first lines, you know, own the stage. As you go up to the stage, you take the mic, and you, as you're moving the mic, you say your first line, you're taking the mic out of the mic stand, say your first line, and with your right hand, pick up the mic stand halfway down and just plonk it, as if you're planting a flag in the turf, you plant it down on the right-hand side of the stage, and you crack on. I was keen to do that at Friday's gig, which didn't happen, and I promise you that story, I'm finally getting to it. And I think I need to, the only way I'm ever going to get confident doing this is by having my own mic stand and mic in the flat. I've got this mic, but this mic is, you know, for the podcast. I need a mic, just a, a mic doesn't need to work that goes in a, a mic stand and the repetition will help me uh, improve. So that was appreciated. It is good to meet good people as, you, as you're doing this. You know, there's plenty of twats on, you know, on the comedy circuit as there are in the media. Um, I'm tough enough to deal with those people, old enough to deal with them. But uh, it's a bonus meeting good people. And uh, Graham is uh, one of the good people. I've met quite a few now and I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. So I can look back and it's uh, it's a bonus of doing this. You know, it's a very, it's a big challenge doing the stand-up, really hard challenge. But uh, the bonus has been meeting some new people, and uh, that that's kind of added something uh, to my life, particularly at a time when uh, the mouse traps are featuring heavily uh, in the things I'm seeing every day. Hard swallow, 1953 hours. So I got lost in Surbiton on the Thursday, Friday night. I had a gig in uh, Finsbury Park. And I got lost heading back, got a bus, 
got the wrong bus basically I ended up in turnpike lane when I needed to go the other way so I lost about 45 minutes traveling back and that that was the night I turned up at the wrong pub for uh, Steve's memorial drink I turned up at this gig at Finsbury Park the promoter who's not the easiest guy to deal with and this was a venue that was around you know 10 years ago when I was previously on, on on the scene I think I had a similar experience with them there they sent a, a reminder, you're doing this gig, blah, blah, blah. Here are the links to promote it, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the links didn't work, but I did tweet, including their Twitter handles as advised, the hashtags, et cetera, the, ha- the, the Twitter handle for the, uh, the venue. The barman himself at this place was rude when I asked uh, where the MC was. I turned up, it was near empty. I saw another comedian there that, that I've seen who, who I quite like. Um, we got We got chatting. But it was clear something was going wrong and the show was supposed to start at 8 and that was the information on the uh, promotional email. That's what I was putting out. The MC turned up, a different guy. He said, no, it's 8.30. So they'd given the wrong information. It was clear to me there was going to be no audience. I've done enough of these gigs over the last few weeks to know that I'm wasting my time. And one of the things I've been talking about uh, with other comedians and also with people like Graham is, you know, come off the bringer circuit. You know, one, never mind that you don't know enough people. Never mind that you've not had the support really regularly from from people to, to be your, your plus ones. And you, you've lost loads of uh, gigs. Prize quantity over quality. You know, even though some of those numbringer gigs are, you know, very quiet, come off the bringer thing, take that pressure off yourself, do less gigs, you'll save money, you'll rest more, quantity over quality, and uh, you'll find the audiences. So I'm already feeling positive about that, and I've done that within 30 performances, and, uh, you know, it's an important thing. I've proved to myself that... um, you know, that I can do this. It's like one of those video games I don't like playing. I've moved up to the next level. I thought it would take me the rest of the year. It's not. It's. I've done it within 30 performances. I think if I was to stay at this level, if I was to stay at the bringer level, if I was to continue doing nights like the one on Friday, then I'm going to struggle to get off that level. So I don't need to do those nights again. I saw the run in order and I saw a few names there that aren't stayers. This is on Friday night. Uh, so I thought, yeah, this, so we've got, there's no audience. We've got comedians on the on the bill who I know won't stay around to support other comedians. We're all meant to be doing five minutes. That was agreed in advance, but there was one comedian on there who I knew wouldn't do five minutes. And sure enough, when they came in, they were demanding seven minutes. The uh, the MC uh, caved in, gave them the seven minutes, which I thought, you know, it's not for comedians to dictate the night, dictate the night. I'll enunciate that properly. If it's five minutes, I may want more, but it's five minutes. You've told me it's five minutes. I'm going to the gig. I know it's five minutes. So you're expecting me to perform in front of no audience. You know, I'm, I've got a long journey home, no audience, and also now to stay for longer because you're adding, there we go, sound of South London. 1956 hours when these guys go by you're expecting me to stay while you're adding more minutes to other people's stage times and the only reason you're now offering me more minutes is because I heard you offering more minutes to this person and I've called you out on it and uh, you know this guy the MC I'm told he's a decent guy I, I, I no reason to not believe that but if you're the MC you're running the night you know you're running the night you call the shots not not the comedians 
Okay, so I just thought, I'm not going to learn anything from this night. I'm doing too many nights where I'm not learning anything. You learn more if you have a bad night in front of an audience. I'm not workshopping stuff in front of other comedians. You know, this doing this is so tough. It needs to be something that I enjoy doing as well. I'm not going to enjoy that night. I'm not wasting my time in this place. So I told them I was going. Uh, two other, three other comics turned up. Two of them were high. One of them I'd seen before. And uh, I was impressed with them. But to be turning up to a gig, I think there was speculation they were drunk. I don't think they were drunk. I think they were high. And I'm meant to be doing their gig at some point in the next few months. And I'm not going to be around people like that. So I'm going to pull out of that. But I was um, I was happy to go home. And a comedian uh, said to me, you know, don't flounce out, etc. Words to that effect. And I can see that. I'm not going to necessarily argue with that. What I would say is I've earned the right to flounce out because I've done too many of these and this is not what I came back to comedy for. I need to learn from each gig I do. And I think every act there, including the comedian who said to me, don't flounce out, they deserved better from this night. I'm not going to go back to that night anymore. This comedian said to me, you know, I think he was trying to say, look, you know, obviously I'm aware you can get a reputation. This was the first time I've ever done this, but I feel I was right to do this. And, you know, he was saying you could damage your reputation. I think it, the way he was positing it was this could go against me and cost me long term. And I, I, I said to him, you know, and I appreciated the advice, but I knew that this gig wasn't going to be the difference between me making it in stand up and me not making it in stand up. I, I just wanted to go. And sure enough, before I'd even got home, one of the acts on there had posted on the Facebook comedy pages that there were only two people there and it was a waste of time. The promoter, she said, hadn't done their job. And so I was right. I was justified. And the two that were there, they actually left during the first act because they were talking during the first act. The, 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 the comedian on the first act, uh, sorry, the first act called them out on it. So they left. The, the, the uh, comedian had apparently said to them, look, if you're going to talk, why don't you just go? So they went. So there was no audience. It was the right decision to go. I'm too old to be dealing with that. So I'm coming off the bringer thing, even though that wasn't a bringer gig. So again, that shows that it's very difficult out there for nights. You know, people don't have money or people are just not caring about supporting uh, live comedy uh, prize quantity over quality. I've only got two gigs this week. And certainly tomorrow's one looks like it's going to be a, a good one and a, a challenging one. I'll come to that uh, in in a bit. I've not had the friends to do really the bringer thing to pull it off comfortably. Maybe in the end that's worked out better for me because I've had to think long and hard about how I progress because I've lost so many gigs. So if I've not got the friends who are supporting me in coming once or twice, and that, not, not just at the beginning when I'm learning this and I'm going to be rubbish, but how about seeing me 10, 20, 30 performances down the line and seeing the improvements I've made because of my hard work. I've not, I've not had any of that. But in the end, I think maybe it's worked out for the best because it's made me have to have a think about how I work with what I've got, which is a tiny social circle. So clearly the bringer thing doesn't work for me. You know, the younger comics, they're going to be in flats of up to six to eight people. They're going to have, you know, bringers are not going to be a problem for them, but it's going to be a problem for me. I, I don't know. I, I can't read too much into why I've struggled. Obviously, the starting point is I don't know many people, but the people that do know I'm doing this, just not much interest in, in coming to see me even once. I'm not sure if it's a working class thing. Maybe I'm stereotyping there. Maybe, you know, thinking that, that, that there is a lack of interest or less of an interest in culture from working class communities. You know, they maybe they you know, our lives are harder 
and there is a slightly sniffy attitude, a reverse sniffy attitude. And, you know, I, I get that from my friends. You know, they see you reading a book. Oh, look at him. He's an intellectual. That, that's the circle I've grown up in. Of course, people at this age have commitments, but it's still disappointing. But it's it's pushed me into making a decision which long term, you know, should help me. Made one or two new acquaintances along the way, though. Friends in the case of uh, the Joff man. And, uh, you know, I've appreciated their support at gigs that I would otherwise have lost. And I'll do them a good turn when they need it. Uh, the, the bottom line is I do feel I'm good enough to move on. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I'm going to do. This is turning into a very long show coming up to an hour now. That wasn't the uh, intention so this week's uh, gigs, I am getting more minutes, getting longer spots, so that's that's pleasing. Uh, tomorrow night, this has just gone out on social media. This will be tonight for regular listeners. This will be Monday. Right, uh, let me just give you this. I'm at the Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion tomorrow. MC for that is Sam Dunthorne. Starts 7.30pm. That's in Mornington Crescent. Close to Camden, 65 Crowndale Road behind the Coco, uh, a big a legendary uh, indie venue around there. That's NW1. You'll find uh, all this information on Facebook at uh, DRT Comedy and Twitter and Instagram, 1607 West Egg. That starts at 7.30 p.m. Monday, the 23rd of, uh, what, what are we, May? Yeah, Monday, the 23rd of may so you can come along to that promises to be a good night uh how do i know that i've never been uh but that's uh that's a 10 minute uh spot tuesday i'm doing what am i doing tuesday i'm doing gap tooth comedy that's in pimlico hoping that that is uh, a nice venue obviously i do like pimlico as long as uh it doesn't involve uh staying in a uh, glorified hotel glorified bed and breakfast claiming it's a hotel for uh six months on I'll swallow there. I'm trying to find what's going on. What am I doing here? What am I telling you? Okay, I'm at Gaptooth Comedy. That's in Pimlico, 42 Churton Street, SW1V. Again, I'll post that information on my social media Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I've got a start time here. Apparently, if you bring in uh, people, you get extra. You know, you get a longer set. But uh, I'll have to check if uh, this if someone can come to that one. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Constitution Pub. You finally got the information. Forty two Churton Street, SW one V, and uh, going to see. I don't know what time that starts. I think that's going to be, yeah, it starts at 7.30 p.m. So at the moment, it's a five-minute spot. If I get someone to that, uh, actually, this is weird. If you if you bring one person, this is what the promoter's saying. If you bring one person, I will give you an extra minute, two people, extra two minutes, up to 10 minutes. I'm not doing that. I thought if it, you bring one person, it's 10 minutes. That's fine. I'm not going to start rehearsing a six-minute set, seven-minute set, eight-minute set. Nine minutes out. What a load of nonsense that is. I'll stick to the five minutes there. So that's uh, that's the gig information uh, for for this week. Getting more minutes, better nights, hopefully. And that that's that's a plus. Still got no watch. Don't know whether to get a digital watch to help me with the stand up. At the moment, I've got the Garmin watch, which I don't know how to work, and I'm having to take it off because it keeps making these... There are these notifications every 15 minutes. I don't know what's going on, really. I'm I'm not a guy for for that 
level of, of, of tech. I just need a normal watch. Do I get a watch strap for my watch, my busted watch, or do I just get a digital watch? Liverpool, Real Madrid in Paris next week, which reminds me that the 1981 European Cup final, May the 27th, 1981, I lost my brand new digital watch on the Angeltown estate. That's what I always remember from that uh, final and uh, looking forward to I might have a bit of granola after this. I've still got the second half of the show to do. This is a silly long show. Uh, okay. I was going to tell you about vitamins. There's nothing that interesting to tell you about the vitamins. It's just I bought some more vitamins from Little, And again, they just seem to have these huge capsules. You swallow them with difficulty and you think, I could train to be a drug mule. These capsules are so big. Why are they so big? I don't think any other vitamin producer produces vitamins that big so so why do little feel the need to serve such huge vitamins do you know the answer get in touch i doubt you know the answer if you do though drt available at westegg1607.co.uk You're listening to Daniel Rears Tyson is available. Episode 392. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg. Facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available all the comedy page at DRT Comedy. That's the Facebook comedy page. DanielRearsTyson.com for all my work. There's the Patreon page that simply keeps the show alive or on life support rather. Patreon.com forward slash DRT available appreciate those of you who continue to support the podcast please do share any links review the show if you can it all helps grow the show and you can also support the work if you're not a patron supporter you can support it via paypal or coffee.com via the uh, those links on the website danielwearistizen.com and you'll get the latest uh patron bonus episodes uh, sent to you via we transfer just look out for the uh, link in your email or your spam on the running front i had a better run on wednesday 7k friday uh, just a 4k because i had the long journey to finsbury park i actually gave up a gig in well i didn't give up a gig they'd approached me too late there was a gig in putney that i was offered on friday night should have really taken that and done uh, this particular gig on uh, on friday uh, i think monday was uh, last monday was a 6k so i'm just still far behind on on the running but Wednesday certainly enjoyed that uh, a bit more. I said Wednesday quite a lot on uh, this week's show. Borks, nothing to report. Still trying to finish the same ones as last week. I finished The Accordionist by, uh, what's her name? Fred Vargas, the uh, French female crime writer. That was okay. It was my favourite, as I said, favourite of the uh, three books. Just trying to sort out some uh, spelling in this document. Hard swallow. 2010. Right, trying to work out my nectar points here. Got those to give to you in a moment. Uh, I'm still reading The Master of Lies, the Sherlock Holmes book. Uh, just one of those I haven't really appreciated. My mind's not really... Just uh, the lack of focus, the sleep, the rodents. It's it's just uh, undermines the writing. I can't concentrate. Nectar points. Right, where's the receipt? Okay, here we go. This is... Friday's uh, Nectar Points, 13.41 hours, the Brixton, Sainsbury's, okay, my opening balance, 4.75, bought some yoghurt, anti-back wipes, uh, Cornish pasty, because uh, a microwavable one, because I've had to, you know, I've lost a, a lot of food, as I say, over the oven, not being here. 
So I had to buy some stuff to microwave. Got a couple of steak slices, some more Hall's sugar-free. On after the uh, the gig last week in Peckham on Tuesday night, I was out of uh, Hall's sugar-free lozenges. My my uh, default uh, mint ones had to go and pay over the odds in co-op for some cherry ones. They kind of uh, reasonable backup, but really it's all or nothing with the uh, mint flavored ones. Uh, spent five pounds seventy, earned five points. New points balance of four pound uh, four hundred and eighty points are worth two pounds forty. Uh, bread's gone up by a, uh, to a pound in Lidl. A loaf that was sixty nine p for ages, then seventy nine p has now gone up by a pound. That was a shock, really. I mean, that's that's worrying. Uh, A6 notebooks up by a quarter in Tesco. It's £1.25. Sainsbury's don't do A6 notebooks anymore. So Tesco's long been my uh, go-to notebook place. A rise of a quarter. A rise of 25p. I mean, this is just silly. Compromising on apples. Bought some different apples. Golden Delicious, uh, just too expensive now for me. So just bought, uh, I don't know what they are, but... uh, under a pound in little. I'm not a big Apple fan. Golden Delicious is, is the one Apple that I do love. Got to buy another mousetrap tomorrow. Hopefully that will take me closer to the uh, magical 500 point mark. Uh, Star Wars football news. Let me just uh, switch the light on. Been a fairly busy week in the league. Let me see. What a stunning result today. Wait till you hear it. So last week was the 16th. Okay, so the Champions League tables. Right, there was one outstanding group match in the Champions League. Uh, week three, group two. Endor, three-time finalists. Losers on penalties last year, last season to Tatooine. Uh, they travelled to Zepho, still without a win. Both sides were still searching for their first win. Zepho ran out 3-0 winners. Endor in absolute trouble now, in danger of not making the semi-finals for the first time. Had to pause there. There's the throat going. No water again. Very unprofessional. The uh, Champions League group tables are Group 1, Tatooine atop. They can actually qualify tonight, I think. Let me just see. I think they're at home to Moz Isley, who are in third place. Let me see if I can get you that information. Yeah, Tatooine at home to Moz Eisley. Uh, Tatooine are top at the moment. Uh, they've all played three games. Tatooine top on seven points, plus two goal difference. Mandalay second, four points, zero goal difference. Moz Eisley, they're in third, three points, minus one goal difference. Bespin bottom uh, on, uh, didn't mean to emphasise bottom, on two points, minus one goal difference. Tatooine qualify if they beat Moz Eisley tonight, meaning Mandalay, Moz Eisley and Bespin will be left to fight it out for that final spot. Alderaan, they top group two, also on seven points, plus three goal difference. Zepho now in second place, last season's semi-finalist, who'd lost to Endor in the semi-finals. Uh, they're on four points, plus one goal difference. Yavin, four, zero points. Uh, they've drawn all three games yet to score either. So they're they're in a, you know, they could have made it a bit more comfortable. They're a quality team last season's Europa League winners, but uh, it's going to be a, a tough one for them to get through. End or bottom, uh, minus four goal difference. And uh, yeah, just one point. So they're really up against it, but don't rule them out yet. League week seven, Concord Dawn, a new star is born. Horse, I don't know. Is, I need to find out his actual name. One of the new uh, Star Wars action figures. He scored his first two goals for the club. They beat X-Wing. Three goals to do a deserved uh, winner. 
<laughs> Conquer Dawn were one goal up at uh, half time. Death Star, their season, their difficult season continues. A hangover from the Europa League defeat. They lost at home to Empire 1 0. Empire picking up their form nicely. Now that goal was scored by Padma. Or Padme, her third goal of the season since joining from uh, from Rebels, uh, Tatooine Rebels, uh, the derby, first big derby of the season for those two. Uh, the biggest game, certainly for a long time in the history of Star Wars football. That was one all. Rebels uh, now two unbeaten. They've taken the lead through Skipper Darth Vader. Lovely left-footed goal after a brilliant turn. And uh, Jazz pure uh, equalised, brilliant break from Jedi Luke just less than two minutes later. In fact, exactly two minutes later, cross from the right uh, from the skipper, Daz pure a bullet header. Hoth beat Alderaan 1-0 to go top. Tatooine, by the way, had missed their chance to go top to leapfrog Bespin. Hoth beat Alderaan 1-0, an own goal from R5-D4 as early as the fifth minute, and they hung on for the win. Apex Overlook today. Have I missed out a game? No, I've not missed out a game. Today's shock result at Bespin, their first league defeat in 21 games. Remember, they won the title last year unbeaten. Apex Overlook beat them by goal to nil. A goal on 23 minutes from Ray, or Raya as I call it, because there's another Ray that plays for X-Wing. Brilliant performance. Uh, Yoda, the old Empire veteran, he came on as a late sub and set up the goal for Ray. And uh, a real shock. That means that uh, after seven games, Hoth are now top. 15 points from seven games, plus six goal difference. Bespin stays second. Hoth have actually remained unbeaten against the top four. The other clubs chasing the Champions League places. Bespin, they're on 14 points, plus four goal difference. All drawn, another defeat. They're second. They've not now won for three league games. Uh, They're on 13 points, plus eight. They're in third place. Tatooine. The seven times champions, they're in fourth place, points 12, uh, plus five uh, goal difference. I've got it wrong there, three. No, they're on 13 points as well. Yep. But Alderaan have the greater goal difference. Apex Overlook, they're on nine points in fifth place, minus seven. Uh, They're not a side that's going to score a lot of goals. But they are looking defensively solid now. They made the uh, permanent signing of Klatu as well from X-Wing, the experienced defender. Concord Dawn just behind them on eight points in sixth place, plus one goal difference. Empire in seventh, also in eighth place, but they're on minus four. Rebels uh, down in eighth place, seven points, minus two goal difference. X-Wing uh, ninth, second from bottom, minus five goal difference. Death Star bottom. Uh, they're on minus five and three points. So that's the table. I don't think there's much in terms of cafe news. I can't really remember uh, too much there. I think uh, Morocco and not Mick Fleetwood were talking about a Beano to some foreign shores. I doubt that'll happen. Uh, there's uh, those two guys. They just spent too much time together. They're always uh, they're always arguing. And uh, given that I can't remember too much of the cafe this week, I have to tell you that is it. That was a very long show. And now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson. And this start of the week, I have been available. 